book of Galatians. And we're going to be dealing with a thing called spiritual restoration. Spiritual restoration. The word restore means to bring back to a new. Bring it back to its best state, its first state, its first cause. And many times in this life, what happens is, is that due to the powers of the air and due to the situation that man has found and placed himself in, Due to this, we find ourselves in need of a restoration. And being in need of such a restoration, a restoring, a bringing forth back to a new, there are many things that are involved. But the greatest thing that's involved in spiritual restoration is love. The greatest healer of all sickness is love. Y'all cut your lights off. Father, I just thank you right now for your blessings. Thank you right now for your blessings. Spiritual restoration. Spiritual restoration. Galatians. Our main text will be coming out of Galatians, the sixth chapter. But I want you to go with me to Galatians, the fifth chapter, verses seven and verses eight. Galatians, chapter five, verse seven, verse eight. Spiritual restoration. The word of God says here that ye did run well. Have you ever known anybody to be running well in the Lord? To be on fire for God. Burning up from the lips. And then you see them waning. Instead of waxing like the moon and growing stronger, they begin to wane. And their light begins to become dim and their notoriety in God becomes, begins to become dim and their trustworthiness in God becomes, begins to become dim. It says that you did run well. But then something happens here. It says, who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? I wonder was the who you that did the hindering. Could have been. 90% of the time it is you that does the hindering. Mm -hmm. You start off well in this thing. But then that who comes into play. 
Who did hinder you? What happened? <laughs> what happened? That you should not obey the truth when the truth began to be so good to you. And your life began to become so much better. Uh -huh. Get that bottle from that girl. We don't drink water in here doing service. Now, this persuasion, it says, cometh not of him that calls you. Well, who called us? God. God is the one that called us. This persuasion that causes us to become hindered in this thing, this persuasion didn't come by the one that called us to this. But that persuasion must have come from another place. From another realm. You understand what I'm saying? It must have. And wherever it came from, it was against you. It was against you. It was against you. Now, the word of God says here, in Galatians, the sixth chapter, Verse 1. Are we there? This is what God's word says. It says, brethren, talking about the church, it's talking to us, brethren. If a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Being found in a fault. When that takes place, we find ourselves in need of a spiritual restoration. And it's ironic to me that on Sunday night, when I seek the Lord for a word to give his people, God has already peeped into everybody's future. He already knows before he gives me the word. And then he says what he wants me to speak to you. But here's what the problem is, church. Because to me, life and death is a serious thing. To me. It used to not always be like that. But as I mature more and more in this thing, life and death becomes more serious. That's why I don't play. I don't have time for games. Tricks are for kids and silly rabbits. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. But it's ironic that the word of God, and let me tell you something right now, death don't care if you're two years old, one years old, or a thousand years old. It don't care nothing about you. So we need to get our act together. We get together. 
If you need some help getting it together, I'll help you. Because I come up here on a serious mission. Not here to play. Now, the thing about it is this. God gives us the word. He gives it to me. To give to you. Because he's already peeped into all of y'all disposition for the week. He already knows. But here's what the problem is. 90% of the time, the ones that God has majorly, specifically given the word for, they don't be here to get it. See, see, that's where the problem come in at right there. Come on, spiritual restoration, see. See, there's some folk right now going through some stuff. Not just you, I'm talking about some stuff. Where they at? See, God takes the time to give the man of God a word for those individuals and yourselves specifically. But if you ain't here, how can you hear? Faith come about here. And hearing come by the word of God. If you can't hear it, how you gonna get it? Make sense? I personally would take, would rather take a handful to walk that's going to be with me than a whole bunch of them that's this way and that way. We talk about this quite often, these up and down folk. <laughs> hey, thank God is a joke. But God has got, but you know, God got a way of waiting us out. He got a way of putting us on our sick bed when we don't want to hear. He'll bring a disaster in our, oh God. Be it far, be it far, be it far from me. Be it far from me. Because as I get closer to God, just a closer walk with me. Granted, Jesus, hear my plea. Amen. Serious business. Very serious business. Spiritual. Ye that are spiritual. Not just anybody. See, not just anybody. Now, if you're spiritual, what that means is, is that you'll know something about this word and you'll be living it. Amen. That's right. It ain't just talk now. It ain't just talk. No, no. It's real. It's real. It's real. Ye that are spiritual. No person that finds an individual in a fault that's not spiritual, got no business saying nothing to him. Because the word of God says, if you find a man overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual. You're the ones that's supposed to go. I'm just teaching you what the word say here. Amen. You're the one that's supposed to restore such a one. And when you do it, you need to do it in the spirit of meekness and compassion being aware that you could fall into the same temptation. See, that takes out the self-righteousness there, see. Uh, see, because we bad about that. That's right. We bad about that, you know. We can see everybody else's fault. We can see our spouse's fault. We see everything except what we need to see. Come on. And that's pitiful. That's what you call a blind, ignorant fool. Amen. Do you hear me? Right. Do I need to say it again? That's what you call a blind, ignorant fool. That's what that is. 
Look at 2 Corinthians 2.8. Say amen when you get there. I'm going to start at verse 6. This is in reference to a person that makes a mistake and causes harm or grief to others. Because after all, you know, when you do something, it's more than you involved, right? And a lot of times we, in these faults of ours, we cause other people to be hurt, to be grieved. But this is what the Word of God says. The Bible says that if a man there, that's what it's talking about in reference to a man that has caused other people grief by doing something. And women, you're included with it too. You're not excluded. Man means mankind. And it's talking about here how that individual that's caused a problem through a fault of theirs it's talking about how many will inflict punishment on that person. See, you, there's no shortage of people that want to kill you when you make a mistake. No, y'all you, need to hear what I'm saying. For those of you that don't make mistakes, you keep living, you'll make some. Now, 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 now when that takes place, you're going to have your share, especially if you're high profile, especially if you're in a leadership position or you're around folk who deem you as being somebody to them. When they find you in a situation of imperfection, they're going to jump on you. Dumb people on your job, if they catch you in a mistake. Now, the one that's been preaching to us, you know what I'm saying? They'll kill you. See, this is what the word is talking about here in, 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 in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 6. Sufficient to such a man is punishment which was inflicted of many. See, when that person makes a mistake and causes pain or grief upon others, you've got a whole boatload that's ready to inflict pain on them, on that individual. But, 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 but this is what the word tells us to do. You see? We ain't supposed to be like them. You see? The word of God says here in verse 7, So that contrary ye ought rather to do what? Forgive that individual. And comfort him. At least perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch sorrow. Do you know that our mouth can kill people? People make a mistake, they got a whole boatload already done jumped on them for it. You know, they're already messed up, you know. And then here we go with our old self-righteous religious self. Well, you know the Lord. And we go to quoting scripture. You understand what I'm saying? We just ought to just shut up because most of us that love to quote scriptures to other people, we can't even live my own self. So we really just ought to just shut up. We really just ought to just hush. Sit down and learn something. That's really what we all just need to do. It will make life so much easier for those who need to be restored. As well as the rest that's involved in the restoration. Amen. Bible says here. We ought to comfort him. At least such a one should be swallowed up with 
over much sorrow. Then it goes on in verse 8 and it says, Wherefore I beg, beseech you, that you will confirm your love toward him slash her. Okay? It's telling us to confirm our love toward that individual. Ye that are spiritual, Galatians. Let's go back there. Ye that are spiritual, Galatians. Go to that person and restore them. That's the same thing it's telling us to do over in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 6 through 8. Confirm our love toward that individual. It didn't say when you find a person in a fault to go running your mouth against that person. Is that what it said? But that's what we do. That's wrong then, right? What we supposed to do, church? Support them, right? If we're in the family, we're supposed to support them, right? Because anything that's in the family, you know, then it's a part of the structure. And anything that's a part of the structure supposed to be a part that strengthens it. That's why unity is so important in the Bible. It's unity all through it. Unification, unification. First, unification with God. Then unification. If you're not unified with God, you're not going to be unified with anybody here. If God only means something to you when it's convenient for you, and you got all these other things in the way that you put in the way, including your family, you understand what I'm saying? You stupid as a mule. I said it. I'm here to represent it. Stupid as a mule. You'll get nowhere with God. I'm telling you. You will get nowhere with God. Because I can back it up. Because the word of God says. If you ain't willing. To forsake your mother. Your father. Your entire family. For the sake of the kingdom. You ain't ready for Jesus. Jesus is a hard man. See, see y'all, y'all been preached that old easy one. But the real one, the real one said, let the dead bury the dead. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. You know, the one y'all try to punk out? No. Can you imagine? You think about it. We done had some folk, you, we done had some folk in here that's done, had some children pass away. Can you imagine Jesus coming up to you and saying, let the dead bury the dead? Would you still love your Jesus then if he told you that? But if I told you that, you'd hate me, wouldn't you? Tell the truth. Tell the truth now. Tell the truth. But all I'm doing is saying the same thing the master said. Amen. And since I'm a follower of him, then I got the right as a minister of the gospel to preach what's written, right? Amen. But you hate me. But when you read it all, oh, Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. See, it's casual then to you. But it ain't casual once you just lost somebody you love. And then here come your Jesus on the scene. And say, now, let the dead bury the dead. Amen. And you come on and follow me. What? You'd hit him in the back of the head. Oh, yes, you would. Yes, you would. 
See, we come here and we play these Jesus games. See, we play Jesus games in the church. I'm real with this thing. I'm not playing. I just don't feel like playing this morning. I'm trying to get inside of us to let us know just what this thing is really all about. You say you're following Jesus. And we'd be just like Peter. We'll cuss that little damsel and tell her, I don't know the you-know-what. I told you I don't know him. I don't want to see no more bottles of water up in here during the congregation time. Y'all want water? You go back yonder and get it. I don't know what y'all think this is up in here. This is the house of God. I don't know what other churches y'all been to, but that's the problem. They didn't do what they should have been doing. I don't see this no more. I straighten things out right on the, wherever you violate, that's where I correct. Understand me? I don't wait till later. Forget that. The Bible says rebuke openly where others will be ashamed. I'm doing just what the word of God say. And if you're offended, then it's offended by the word. It ain't me. You're offended by God's word because of God's word says that. Y'all know better. You know better. You've been getting away with stuff so long till you think you can come up here and do it. Nope. Not in here. Not here. So, 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 so verse 2 of Galatians 6 tells us to bear ye one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is love. Because a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. You see, when Jesus told the man, let the dead bury the dead, he told him that out of love. Because there's no hope for a dead person that don't know Christ. So why are we going to waste time with it? Let's get on and get you moving so that you won't be one of the dead that's got to be left by the dead. Amen? He said, because ain't no hope afterwards, people. Once it's open, we just want heartbeat away. I'm talking about spiritual restoration, y'all. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about let's, let's start walking this thing. Let's get serious about this thing. Let's start walking. Let's fight. Because times are difficult. Times are difficult. Children want this. Children want that. They don't understand the sacrifice that's involved in it. And y'all parents, y'all ain't got sense enough to put the rod on these young and then get them straight. So y'all let them tell you what to do. Yeah, you thought I wasn't going to get you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's right as long as I'm talking about your children, but now it's your time. Because the young and acting crazy because you crazy. That's right. That's right. Same time next week, same time. <laughs> By God. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. 
But look at this. For, verse 3, for if, that, that word is, if. You got a lot of ifs. If a man <laughs> think himself to be something, when he is nothing, boy, look what he do to himself. He deceives himself. Running around thinking he's something when he knows. He ain't nothing. Calling about, oh, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. When you know that you're filled with legion. Huh. Oh, Jesus. It's easy for us to get a promotion. God do some things in our life. Give us a new home. Give us a new wardrobe, all of a sudden, we begin to think ourselves more highly than we ought to. Instead of humbling ourselves, that God would be so gracious. Because it's only for a little while, whatever it is you got. Only for a little while. The children, the wife, the husband, it's all only for a little while. And it's over. And it's still, it started with you. And guess what? It ends with you. So, the one you start out with ought to be the one you end up with. Because if it's not, your children can't save you. Your husband or your wife can't save you. But we make them gods in our life. We put them, yeah, we do. And then, and, and then God will come on the scene. And he'll show you who God is. For some reason or another. Which is beyond me. But you see, all souls belong to God. It ain't my business what God do with me. And it ain't your business what God do with you. Because it ain't your body. That's a lie from the pits of hell. That, that, that's hell bound. That's hell bound right there. It's my body. Yeah, it's going to be yours down there burning with them worms. And you're going to be gnashing the teeth. Yeah, that same body. Oh, the word said it. You know. This ain't Joel Osteen. This Doc Manley here. It's totally different. You know what I'm saying? You know. You know, the reason, the reason why, the, re the reason why over there they don't drop bombs. In here I drop bombs. <laughs> So people, you know, we blow them up out of here. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Drop the bomb. The, the bomb of Gilead. And I don't make no apologies. You know why? Because your life is at stake. I'm dead up in your business with the Holy Ghost. Dead up in it. Dead up in it. You coming up in here to get a feel-good message. No, you coming up in here to get right. To think about this thing. And understand that we just one breath away or one heartbeat away, one blink of an eye away from leaving up out of here. So whatever it is we got, whoever it is we got, we just need to enjoy it now and prepare yourself to exit. And that's what this ministry is all about. Prepare for the exit. 
Romans 12, 3. We just walking. We just walking. Romans 12, 3. Say amen when you get there. Watch this. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man, not some of them, but to every man that is among you, not to do what? Think of himself. Why is Paul keep more highly than he ought to think? But to think soberly, according as, according as God had dealt to every man the measure of faith. Well, first of all, here he is again. And he is talking about <coughs> not thinking irrationally. In other words, not thinking like a fool. Thinking you something when you're not. Thinking more highly than yourself. But then he goes on and he clarifies something here. He says, now, I need you to be what? Sober. Because you can be drunk with this thing, you know. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you can be so Holy Ghost filled to you crazy. You can be drunk now and full of legion. See, I keep bringing legion because, see, legion I think, I make you think. That you Holy Ghost feel. But you demonically feel. You know. Because he knows how to mimic everything that God does. He knows how to speak in tongues. He knows how to speak the word. He knows how to lift his hands and say hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. He knows all of that better than we do. He's been around longer than we have to perfect it. So he comes up in the church and he mimics this thing. Yeah. We have a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, the Bible said. It said, from such turn away. Because, you know, they're the ones that go and creep inside of these houses where these silly women are. This is what the words say. Now don't get mad at me. up in there creepers now all these demons you bringing legion she got legion in her now the Bible says if you lay down with a harlot you, you become one whatever you lay down with you become it now that thing done multiplied so be careful what you're letting lay on you be careful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, how you like me now? Yeah. That go for them little ones too, because that little one come up in there with lipstick on that mountain looking crazy. Ain't old enough to hold a lipstick thing. Who put it on them? Coming up in here looking like that. Don't come up in there with no lipstick on you. You a child. You ain't nothing but a baby. Y'all folk need to be aware of what you're doing and what you let children do. You need to be aware of that. Yeah, I'm cutting up in here this morning. I didn't intend it. God know. God know. And y'all know better too. So if you don't want to get cut, then don't put the knife out there. Because if I see the knife, I'm going to pick it up. And when I pick it up, I'm going to use it. 
So y'all check these children in here and y'all check yourself before y'all come up in here. Look in the mirror. If anything up in here ain't right, and if anything on these children ain't right, and if anything on you ain't right, then take it off and get what's right on. Someone up in here with that mess. Oh, I feel it. I feel God speaking. So, 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 he tells us that Boy, he tells us not to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. Because when we do that, we deceive ourselves, you see. See, as long as we were humble, we were running well. And then we began to listen to the wrong who. And remember now, more than likely that who is you. So we begin to become hindered. Why? Because now we become, we, we, we're being deceived. We're being deceived now. You understand? And when we are deceived, guess what happens? Bad things begin to happen to us. You see? You see, in this world that we are living in, people don't like the truth. Unless it's on somebody else. But when that tree falls and cracks your head, then you, you don't like it. I don't like him. I don't live for you to like me. If I lived for man to like me, I'd be crazy. I like me. God likes me. That's enough. It makes no difference. She, sometimes she, make, she, she get hot with me. I don't like you. You know how them girls are. You know how y'all are. I don't like you. Well, I'm still going to do what I'm supposed to do, whether you like me or not. Ain't that right, baby? Amen. But you know how y'all girls do. You know, she ain't the only one to, I don't like you. You know. But God is a good God. And, and when I see, when I see, I heard a man say the other night, when I, when, when I see Jesus, he had a mega audience. And then at the end, he says, where two or three are gathered, from the mega to the, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, so look at the scripture. Look at the scripture. I mean, come on. He got mega over here, right? He got, he got 15, 20 of them, 20,000 of them, you know, because he's feeding 5,000 men. And they, they got the young ones there, and then they got the women. Now, every woman at least got two, right? <laughs> And back then they had a lot more now. Because they need, yeah. So, so, you know, you're talking about thousands of people now. You know. And, and, and when it was all over, they started dropping off. And then when he get over here, he said, well, two or three are gathered. My God. He could have said, well, one or two or three hundred. But he said, well, two or three are gathered in my name. I'm in the midst. 
You see how that thing went? Now you see why it ain't going to be but a remnant. Now you see why the straight, the, the, the gate is straight and the way is narrow that leads to everlasting life and few shall find it. So well, but, well, wait a minute. What about all of these so-called Christians that's in church this morning? Wait a minute. All them hallelujah Glory to God, Christians, where they going to go? Well, Matthew says, Jesus speaking, everybody say, Lord, Lord to me, they're not going to enter in. But only those that do the will of my Father. Depart from me, call them workers of iniquity. Say, I didn't I ain't never knew you. I've never known you. Amen. Oh, that's that same same one said, let the dead be. <laughs> that's that same crazy one over there that said, let the dead bury the dead. That's that same one that said, if you don't drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, you ain't got no part of it. What is he talking about? That same one. So who is this goody two shoe Jesus that's being preached out here? Who, who is that? Because it ain't in conjunction with the one that I'm reading. You need to read your book. Amen. You need to read your book. Because that's the same one that's going to throw you in hell. Wait a minute. Not, not our loving Jesus. No, not him. Yeah, him. He's the same one the same one that saved you will destroy you. Amen. That's right. See, they don't preach this because they want the people to keep coming back. So they preach to that old soft stuff, that old mm. pancake doctrine mm. with that old maple syrup on it. You know, that old stuff that you love to eat, but it don't do you no good. Mess your sugar up. And then when you get to the real deal, you know what I'm saying? You're saying, no, no, something ain't right about that. Yeah, it's right, but right don't look right in a world upside down. So we got a problem in the world with what's right. And we're catering to what's wrong. We got the Baptist Church ordaining homosexuals, transsexuals, trans, transgenders. That's the one that get cut on and become what God didn't make them. Huh? Y'all know the one. Probably known some in your life. I ain't got nothing against nobody now. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. According to the word. That's abomination. Amen. Now, I wouldn't care if a million of them come through that door and sit down and hear the word of God. My job is to love them. My job is not to judge them. But I'm still going to preach the word that's in there about their era. Just like I preach the word about our era. I'm not going to exclude them because to me, sin is sin. It all falls under the same umbrella. 
And if Jesus can save me from my sin, then he can save and deliver them from theirs. Huh? Because we were all born in it. Told y'all that before. We were all born in sin. So it's just a matter of going with the word, preaching the word, sticking with the word. And that's all that's necessary. And whatever happens at the end of the day, if you finish your assignment, God can say to you, well done, my good and my faithful servant. You've been faithful over just a few. Now come on up and I'm going to show you really what I got for you. I'm going to make you ruler over many. So all of us have a destiny to make I said all of us. If you can just learn how to manage your minimum wage, <laughs> then when you get the wealth part of it, you'll know how to handle it too. Some of us want more, but we can't handle more. It's been proven over and over again. Am I right? Am I? Does that make sense? We want more, but we can't handle more. And every time God gives us more, we only prove to God that we can't handle more. That's what we do. So if we're not faithful with the minimum wage, <laughs> how in God's name are we going to be faithful with the maker? Can't do it. So, going back over here to Galatians. Because remember now, Romans, I'm still in Romans. Romans 12.3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But he got to be sober. Now, he can't be drunk in the spirit like that. I mean, the Bible talks about being drunk in the spirit, but it's talking about being really spiritually filled with God's grace. Not, 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 not thinking you got it all like that. Because it talks about that. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But he need to think sober. You know the word rationally. And this is what Paul comes in and he tells us according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, this is what God does. God will take every man he has given a measure of faith. Everybody that's born. But here's the thing why he said a man ought to not think more highly of himself than he ought to think. But he ought to be thinking sober. The first thing we got to do, the individual, is to see what's the measure of faith that God has placed in. 
Because my measure of faith ain't the same as yours. No two snowflakes are alike. They're all different. No two people and their faith is the same. They don't have the same measure. This is what gets us in trouble. We start thinking outside of our measure of faith. So now instead of us thinking soberly, we begin to think drunk. We start trying to work in an anointing that don't belong to us. Have you ever seen anybody like that? And then when they put on the front line, remember I talked about that electrician that ain't an electrician? That's not an electrician. And he comes to work and he done tricked the man in hiring him because he done told a lot. I can do electricity. Oh, you can? Okay. See that grid out there? I want you to walk through that electrical grid. A grid is one of them things where, y'all seen them electrical, I mean, you can hear them buzzing. That means I'll light you up. You come near me. It's talking to you, right? You say you know electricity. Well, you should have known electricity would kill you because it don't give second chances. So the boss man said, okay, go out there and cut all the electricity out of that grid. Now you're walking through a minefield. You're not going to get far because you don't know what you're doing. But you done told the man that you, you see, see he done lied about his anointing. He's not anointed as an electrician. He's anointed as a liar. And it's about to catch up with him. Yeah, he's finna get lit up like a squirrel on a line. You seen him? They blow them transformers and get fried. Hell yeah, power out two days. It's done happen to us. I want to kill him, but he already did. Ain't nothing I can do with him. And I don't like him, so can't eat him because I don't like to eat him. I see him up there, been a fried. We done, done got fried. Y'all ever seen that? You do you like that too? So, so, so every man's been given a measure of faith. And it's different from man to man. And what we do is, we find ourselves working outside our area of faith. Now we're uncovered. We don't come out from under the canopy of what the Lord has placed in us. Well, that's a dangerous place to be. So now we don't only mess up ourselves, but we mess up other folk too. Because this is what we do. We working outside of our faith. We laying hands because we don't see other folk doing it. We, we, we desire, you know, like old Elimus, that old sorcerer, you know. So we tell people to come up. And we tell them to throw all their medicine away. Yeah, yeah, they do that. Yeah, they do. They do it. You know, you, they do it out there now. If you're stupid, you know, God made the ministers of physical health too. You know, Luke was a doctor, you know. So, so you got spiritual doctors like myself, but you got physical doctors too, MDs. You know what I'm saying? 
You got MDs and you got DDs. I'm a DD. I'm a, D, a doctor of divinity. You've got medical doctors too, MDs. You know what I'm saying? But you don't find me going over there outside of my call and talking about I'm going to work on your leg. Huh? I can work on your soul, but I'm not qualified to take bullets out of you or do neurosurgery or none of that stuff. I can't even fix a broke leg or a broke finger. I can't do none of that, you know? So I ain't got no business over there messing with that then, right? I got to call in those. I'm just trying to make things clear. How we work outside of our measure of faith. And we, we work outside of our measure of faith. You know, now, I get off the base and I go over there and I get on the guitar. Now, I'm really going to look like a fool. Because I done stepped out of what I supposed to call. I'm stupid enough to want to play it, but I ain't got time in it. And God ain't anointing me that way. You know, or I could go over here and get on this thing over here. And, and ca I can't even play. Mary had a little lamb on it. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I'm, I, I went outside of my measure of faith. But if I stay here and play the bass, that's where I'm anointed at, that's where I, and that's where I need to stay at. I'd be ignorant to do anything else. You understand what I'm saying? So that's why Paul says, walk worthy in your calling and stay within the calling that you've been called to. That's why he says that. You got people like butterflies, they're all over the place, trying to do this, trying to do that, trying to do I'm talking about church folk. When I speak about the church, I'm talking about the whole world. And they got this thing all crazy. You know, they got it all crazy. So I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to help you here. Go back to uh, Galatians. Verse 4, Galatians 6, 4, over there. The word of the Lord says, but let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. See, if you prove your own anointing, your own gift, then you won't be looking at somebody else and trying to get over there and do what they're doing. Because you'll know that, okay, if, 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 if I'm having to do all I've got to do in order to mind the gift out of me, then I ain't got time to be over there trying to mind somebody else's. Because they're going through the same thing I'm going through. They're going through the same thing that I'm going through. Yeah, the gift is there, but you got to mind it out. You got to discover it. You got to bring it out. Well, it says here in verse 5, or verse 4, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. Because verse 5 says, for every man shall bear his own burden. Well, first up here in verse, uh, verse 2, it says, bear ye one another's burdens, did it? Don't that sound contradictory? Now tell the truth. That's, that sounds contradictory, don't it? First it's telling us to bear one another's burden. Now it says, Every man bears his own burdens, right? Well, what he's trying to tell us is this. In the end result, it doesn't matter how much we can only help one another so much with our burdens. But it, the burden 
it's still going to be on us to handle. It's your individual cross that you got to bear. Yeah, Simon helped Jesus carry the cross. But it was still Jesus' burden. You understand what I'm saying? You have a little help along the way. But in the end game, you got to do it for yourself. Okay? In the end game, you got to work out your own salvation with trembling and fear. In the end game, you got to be fully persuaded in your own mind. In the end game, you know, you got to do that now. You, you, know, you know, I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. So he says here that we are to bear our own burden. And verse 6 said, let him that is taught in the word, that's you. You're being taught in the word. And he says that you need to communicate unto him, which is me, that teacher in all good things. So whatever it is that I'm teaching you, you should communicate it back to me in all good things. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, put up. Put up. Don't shut up. Put up. Put up. Put up. If you've been taught the word of God, then you've got to communicate that thing back to me through action. In all good things. See, we can't talk about spiritual restitution and come up in here and kill a man because of a fault. Because that ain't what the words say. You've been taught to restore that person, according to the word, right? So if you've been taught to restore that person, and you communicate back to me gossip, that's what it's talking about there. That which you have been taught, you communicate it back to me in all good things. You know what I mean? In other words, I want to see your fruit from this. I don't want to see rotten fruit. I want to see good fruit. Don't tell me. Don't come and listen to the word and say, I heard the word, and then we go and do just the opposite. We can't do that. We can't do that, church. We don't need to do that. I'm not going to be with you long, just a few more minutes. Verse 7 says, be not deceived, because God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sow, that shall he also reap. He's going to reap it. He's going to reap it. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. James 3.18 tells us that the, though the, 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 the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So if we sow in peace, we're going to reap the fruits of righteousness. Because in the fruit of righteousness, 
sowing in peace, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers because they should be called the sons of God. But then it goes on in verse 9, and I'm going to close at verse 10. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap, if, there that word is, if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. In my closing, I want the church to understand Galatians 6, 9. Don't grow weary in your well-doing. I know sometimes that it don't look like you're getting where you need to get with this thing. But the Bible says don't grow weary. I know sometimes that things just don't look right in our life. And we try so hard and don't seem like nothing is working out. But the Bible says don't grow weary in your well doing. Because if you don't faint in due season, that means in God's time, you'll reap if you faint not. But in the day of adversity, if you faint, then your strength is weak. And the Bible says, don't grow weary in your well doing. Don't don't faint because if you don't faint in due season, you will reap. That's a promise of God. Amen. You see, too many times we grow weary, you see, in our well-doing. We're like the Israelites when they were captured down in Babylon and they were taken down into captivity. And they said uh, that they hung up their hearts on the willow trees because all they had was sadness and all they had was despair and all they had was remorse because they didn't have no song in them anymore. See, they hung their hearts up. They couldn't praise God anymore. You know, like some of us come in here sometimes. We can't praise God because we've got our hearts up on a willow tree because we've been taken into captivity because of confusion. So what we do is we take it and God says to us, the devil says, give us one of them songs that y'all used to sing in Zion. And you look at the devil and you say, how can I sing a song like that in a strange land that I'm living in? You know, see, when you're living in despair, when you're living in sin, when you're living in uh, all these things that places us in bondage, see, when we're living in that, the harp don't sound well. So we hang it up. You know, praise don't sound good. We don't feel like praising God. And that's when we need to learn how to praise him the most. But we don't feel like praising God, you see. The Bible says that he's going to turn again the captivity of Zion. And when he turned that captivity 
of Zion again in you. He said, this is what he said. Now, he said, it was like a dream to us, you know. It says our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongues, they sang the song of praise. And, and, and the heathens, they said among them that the Lord has done great things for them. You see, because they were able to allow God to turn again the captivity of Zion. And when that took place, they were like streams in the south. The Bible says that they went forth in sorrow, but they went reaping in joy. The Bible says that the person that goes forth weeping and bearing precious seeds shall undoubtedly return again rejoicing and with sheaves in his hand because there's going to be a harvest that's given. There's going to be a time of reckoning in your life. That's if you don't grow weary in your well-doing, but if you don't faint, if you just don't faint, if you just don't faint, then God says in due season, I'm going to give you what you're looking for. And the thing about it is that we don't know when it's going to take place. So we got to be long suffering with this thing. Because it ain't God's time. I mean, it ain't our time, but it's God's time. And we've got to understand that God knows our end from our beginning and our beginning from our end. Amen? Amen. Give God some praise. Soon, amen. But we want to make sure we do not give up. I mean, God's He emphasized that word at the end be not weary in our well doing. You know, many of us are doing well in, in God, and sometimes we feel like, okay, God, I'm not getting in the way, I'm not, I'm not I'm moving or progressing as, as fast as, as uh, uh, I think I should. But it's, it's God knows us, amen. He knows how much He gives us. And he knows what not to give us, but he knows we will kill ourselves. Amen. God knows. He knows. <laughs> and Sister Anna got a hand raised up. Amen. Remember now. Remember the word spiritual restoration. Spiritual restoration. God's wanting to restore. He's speaking to us about restoring. You know when you, do you know when you know that you need a 